tuned into the greatest. You are now tuned into the greatest. Oh, 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 oh my God. It's the Fearless Podcast with Arian Simone. Welcome back to the Fearless Podcast with Arian Simone. Today we have Yolanda Rogers Halsey on the line. Yolanda, are you there? Yes, I am. And I'm so excited to be here with my girl, Arian. <laughs> Wonderful. This is excellent. Well, as you guys know, season two has been all about interviews and discussions and dialogue with my family and friends. So this is a perfect time for us to just jump right into this. So Yolanda, tell them where you're from and how your hometown has had an impact on your life. Well, um, I'm excited to share with your your audience, Arian, that we're from the same hometown and that's Detroit, Michigan. Yeah. And so coming from Detroit, growing up in the streets of Detroit, um, it just you you have to had or have to have or, or I had rather um, and didn't know at the time just survival skills and being fearless, if I can use that word. Um, and, you know, um, it just has given me the tools um, to have the confidence and to move forward in my life as, as today. So Detroit has played a great, huge part um, in what I'm doing today. So that's exciting all by itself. Yes, yeah, so Katara was the first episode of season two. And I she, love Katara. <laughs> and she definitely highlighted about, she said, Detroit has done something to you guys. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's true. And she wanted us to elaborate on like what it was like to grow up in Detroit and being around so many African-American entrepreneurs and how this plays a role in how we operate even today. And I told her that's true. So what high schools did you go to growing up? So um, that's an interesting question because I went to several high schools. So I started off uh, at Immaculata High School, which is an all-girls school right on the west side off of Six Mile. And from there, because Immaculata closed down after my freshman year, I attended St. Mary's of Royal Oak my sophomore and junior year, and it closed down. So I ended up at uh, Benedictine um, my uh, my senior year and from Benny I attended Tougaloo College which is um, a HBCU um, private HBCU in Jackson Mississippi so I left Detroit and went to Jackson Mississippi what made you go that far well that's an interesting story because I knew nothing of Tougaloo College and to be honest with you um, I went against my will because my mother (laughs) My mother was very adamant about me attending Tougaloo. She knew of the history, the rich history of Tougaloo. And um, those, you know, just like she sent me to Immaculata, she sent me to Tougaloo. And those are two great decisions that I'm so grateful for, for her making those decisions. You know, being a mom, you know what's best for your child. So, again, um, Tougaloo College, um, attending the HBCU, as you well know, it just gives you a sense of confidence. It gives you a sense of purpose. It, it allows you to know your history. And, and when you know your history, you know where, where, where things and how things were and what you need to do in life um, to, to, to just to progress as an individual, but as a people. So I'm so grateful to my mom for having the foresight to send me to an HBCU. Well, you said something interesting. You said as a mom, you know, it's best for your child. And you were a mother of two. Elliot and Evan, would you yes. choose their college against their will? <laughs> um, I that's wow. I would have to say yes if if I could, <laughs> uh, 
if I could do so, um, I can absolutely, I, I don't know if I can necessarily see my boys on the campus of Tougaloo because it's such a small school. And once again, knowing your child, you, you know what would be a better fit for them. And if I have to say so, I can actually see um, both of my boys on the campus of your alma mater, which is FAMU. So that is something that I'm putting in front of them to uh, and encouraging them to to do some research because it can very well be their future. <laughs> but <laughs> I don't have anything to do with it. I don't see. I think you would encourage them to put it in front of them. I don't know if you would do it against their will. <laughs> or would you, Yolanda? I Arian. <laughs> <laughs> You know me well enough. I will do it. So, oh my gosh! I, I hope the boys are listening to this. I can't wait to Elliot and Evan hear this interview. <laughs> but look, but listen, they know they're on Arian how great she is, and they know. Of, I mean, listen, all of the wonderful people that I know personally that have come out of family, you and other HBCUs. You know, sometimes you have to um, take your kids to the well and force them to drink. You know, they might not oh get my it at gosh. first. <laughs> they might not get it at first, but they'll get it later on. Oh um, my God. They'll, they'll be okay. <laughs> my Candace was on here recently giving tips on just, you know, motherhood. I said, oh Lord. Now she <laughs> believes, now her son is at an HBCU as well, too. He's over at, um, at Langston, but I'm like, oh my gosh. Wow. Um, but yes, I'm, but she, I think she may have chosen too. I think she may have, yeah. She may have done the same thing, but I know for me, my mother didn't. She definitely gave me options. She encouraged an HBCU, but we went around and we toured them. And I had like Howard and Spelman and Fam on my top list. And then Spelman had all these rules and regulations going on when you get there and telling you about a curfew. And I said, this is not the will of God for my life. (laughs) (laughs) I said, I won't be here. And then um, Howard was just so much of the city life. And I was like, mm, this is like going to school in Detroit. Right. Like, this is in D.C. I was like, FAMU, I got down there and it was just a total different vibe. And the business school at the time was like number one in the country. And I was just all excited about um, the adventure of. And I was like, you know what? I, I can see this. I can definitely see this. And at the so, time- no, so that makes sense to me. So having heard you say it, saying all of those great things. And I'm, and I can imagine me taking that same approach because sometimes you have to show them, you know, the options, you know what I mean? So unlike my mom back in my day, you know, there was no internet and I had never seen Tougaloo. I never heard of Tougaloo. So at least they can, you know, go online and take a look at the schools and talk to people like yourself and see, you know, the things that you've done in your life and the reason why, which is, you know, a strong reason why is um is the fact that you attended a great school like uh, FAMU. So, you know, I think, like you said, if you if you put the choices out there and allow them to see what can potentially happen if you choose this road or this path, I would like to think my boys are smart enough and astute enough to see. Okay, this is I I need to take a closer look at this. Yes, and I I really think they are. <laughs> Yeah, I really think they are. That's why I'm like, oh gosh, as soon as Elliot hears this interview, I was like, oh Lord. Um, yeah. And, and you, you have a son, your oldest is even an author. And that's something to say about just the testament of your, your motherhood and your, and your parenting skills. 
Like, how often is that? You know what? You know what's so fascinating about that whole thing is that at that time, my boys were watching their parents go through a really tough divorce. And and at that moment, we had decided to do uh, week on week off. We had 50 50 custody. And while he was with, at his dad's house, he, he, you know, calls me up and he says, Mommy, I wrote a book and I want to get it published. I mean, the fact that he did this, you know, the whole idea of a nine-year-old writing a book, that's fascinating all by itself. But the thing that I really want to highlight is the fact that he chose to do this during a very difficult time of his life. It could have, he could have, you know, started acting out in school, um, behavior, classes, you know, going down in his classes, but he chose to write a book and, and said, I want to get it published. What child used the word, I want to get it published? Like, how do you know this? And so, and I told him, I said, if you are that big and bad to put a request out there like that, it is absolutely my job and my challenge to make it to make it happen. So that is the part that I love to share about the whole fact that he has he is now a published author. Yes, as at, and did it at nine yes. years old. And it's it's a testament also to you to say that you saw your child's gifts. And you went behind and fostered them. And same even Evan, you know, they both play basketball and just whatever their talents are, you make sure that you rally behind them and make sure that they flourish and whatever yes, that is. Yes, absolutely. And, and so I have to share some, something about Evan because, you know, they do recognize <laughs> when one is being highlighted and not the other. <laughs> so Evan is a fabulous, wonderful uh, student, but also an athlete. You know, he has the built and make of a, um, an athlete and can do whatever he wants to do. And I love the fact that um, Evan, if you were to ask him, where are you from? And he'll tell you, although he was born in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, I'm from Detroit, Michigan. He claims Detroit, Michigan. Yes, he does, Arian, in a heartbeat. And he and Elliot go back and forth. Elliot's like, you're not from Detroit. He's like, yes, I am. I'm from Detroit. My mommy's from Detroit. I'm from Detroit. And I just love it. I love it. And I embrace it. I was like, that's right, baby. You from Detroit. <laughs> no. He's from Pittsburgh. <laughs> no. Oh, God, I love it, Arian. I'm not going to deny it. What's <laughs> wrong Oh, and I have to stand corrected. I said Langston by accident. My cousin Chandler, he goes to Lincoln. He's at Lincoln. All the AOs and the HBCUs. He's at Lincoln uh, University. Okay, because they're yeah. two Lincolns. Okay, great. Got it. Yeah, not the one in Missouri. Lincoln, Lincoln University yep. in Pennsylvania. Okay. Yep. They drove him right up to Pennsylvania last year. I wonder why he chose that. I, said, I wonder why oh, he chose Lincoln. No, his mother did. That's oh, what I was trying to you. tell you. She did. <laughs> my cousin Candace <laughs> did what Mama Joe did. Exactly. <laughs> She knows what she's doing. He didn't have a choice. Go, Candace. Oh, <laughs> yes, and, and he loves See? it though. He loves it. He he's he's enjoying every moment. See, she knows her child. She knows, you know, what will be a great fit for him and how he would flourish. And and I, you know, back then it took a little. I didn't know that. You know, I had no idea. It was such a small school, and um. It didn't even have a football. It doesn't have a football. It still doesn't have a football team, you know, but I learned to love it. And I'm still very active with my alma mater. I'm very still active with, um, you know, the, my, my Tougalooian family. family. So it's, it's a great place, um, a great history, part of my life. So I'm happy. 
I'm happy she made that decision for me. And while you were there, you pledged the best sorority in the land. <laughs> oh, guess what? So, yes, thank you for uh, sharing that. And so Gamma Psi Chapter of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated is the actual first chapter in the state of Mississippi. Yes, you pledged Delta. You chose to get involved on the national level, which is very huge. We have almost 300,000 members. So tell the audience about your, your involvement in the sorority. Right. So um, that is a that was an amazing experience. I saw I was appointed by um, Cynthia Butler, our 24th national president, as the co-chair of arts and letters. And so what that means is that anything that Delta dealt with in terms of the arts, film, music, literary world, the art world, um, myself, Marcy Butler, um, hold we we led that um that commission. And so one of the things that uh, we created under that administration was the Delta red carpet event. And so that was one of the things I'm, that's one of the things I'm most proud of in terms of being a Delta is that we um, started an initiative um, and we showed the, the world as well as um, more importantly, the world of film and television, the power of Delta. And so we, um, we would mobilize the entire sorority to support a film during the first two weekends of um, its existence, because we, we know that determines the lifespan of the film. And we simply wanted to show um, and encourage the filmmakers that were making positive films that had a positive depiction of the African-American family and more so the African-American male that we wanted to congratulate them and celebrate them. So that's what we did. And that we still we still do that to this day. So that's pretty exciting. Now, I think it's amazing. It's definitely amazing because how we utilize and mobilize our organization has such an impact in our community. Um, people know that our, well, or they don't know because we have people of all ethnic backgrounds, honestly, that listen to the podcast and are a part of the fearless audience. But our Greek organizations, you know, they originated during times of segregation. And during times where a lot, a lot definitely needed to take place on the, in the African-American community. So how we utilize that today compared to then, it may look different, but it still has the same impact. Absolutely. So what's interesting about that, and thank you uh, for sharing that, because I think those, those types of messages and facts need to be reiterated as much as possible. So one of the parts, um, an important part, actually, of that initiative that, that we just we were talking about, rather, is that we also, through Delta Red Carpet events, we teach our communities of why it is so important to make sure when you, when you purchase a movie ticket, it is, it is absolutely critical to make sure that you are purchasing a ticket of the film that you're, that the ticket, the ticket stuff actually says the film that you're purchasing, because we know sometimes our films get robbed of its credits by, um, by someone purchasing a ticket being issued the incorrect ticket. So that's just one of the unfortunate things that we have to be cognizant of. That is so true. That is definitely so true. Um, I want to talk a little bit about entrepreneurship. So you started off, though, in corporate America. Tell them about that experience. Okay, so my career, I started off uh, upon graduating. Um, I didn't even share this. I attended Slippery Rock University, um, which is right outside of Pittsburgh. And that's how I ended, um, ended up in Pittsburgh. So I had a long career with Merck Pharmaceuticals. Um, stayed with Merck for about 15 years. And 
shortly after that, that my position was dissolved when the market just completely changed and uh, went from there to doing little, you know, PR marketing for some clients. And, but then that kind of landed me the whole, my experience with Delta in the film industry kind of landed me into the world of marketing um, for films. So, which is, you know, something that you're very familiar with. And uh, now I am, um, I'm leading a charge to kind of get the Greeks involved, the celebrity Greeks involved and making sure that the world is aware of the state of our HBCUs and raising money um, for HBCU scholarships. So that is something that I'm working on right now. I'm not at all ton of liberty to talk about it right now because we're just working those things out but yeah um that is what I'm doing no that's awesome that's definitely awesome but you come from a family filled with entrepreneurs you have to tell them about your mother's business and what she does because you you're down there now you have a role in that business absolutely so my mom here is located here in Saraland, Alabama which is right outside of Mobile Alabama and um, she originally came here upon uh, retiring from Chrysler in Detroit. She came down to help my uncle open up Rogers Barbecue in Mobile. And then from there, that became, it was such a huge success. She decided to open up her own in Saraland, Alabama. Uh, we're going on now our 26th, 7th year. And for like the last, um, I want to say, last 18 years we have been hosting as, as you well know the senior bowl takes place down here in mobile we've been hosting the head head coaches and head scouts for the nfl and uh we've established such a great relationship with those guys so probably like the last 18 to 20 years we've been hosting those guys every senior year um single year actually during the senior bowl and in fact a few years ago um, there's a net, uh, there's a show called finding giants on the NFL network and they, what they were doing, they were following the, um, following the scouts around finding the next big giant and they followed them to my mom's restaurant and they highlighted her. And that was like one of the coolest things. Um, my mom being a part of that show and highlighting, you know, Jay Rogers barbecue. So it is, the, it is the absolutely best barbecue, soul food restaurant. I, I would put it up against anyone. <laughs> they need to understand like how big of a deal this is. And you can even mention, I remember that time when your mother was talking about when her and your uncle were basically on the 4th of July, they made like 80 grand on ribs alone. <laughs> right. Just, just cash, just selling ribs. People need to understand that this is like a big to do. Like people from different states, they will request that they ship this barbecue to them. Yeah, we like, ship everywhere. I mean, this this Fourth of July, it was unbelievable. Um, standing room only. Like we, I had to get very strategic about, you know, picking up orders, and it's something to see. Uh, it's it's amazing. Um, my mom has, she has become a pillar here uh, in, in the city of Sierra Land. She sits on Sierra Land School Board. Um, she's doing amazing work all by herself. And I'm so proud of her. And But, you know, the whole spirit of entrepreneurship, I have to absolutely acknowledge my grandparents. And what I'm so excited about now, right now, we have just partnered with the Gulf Coast Challenge in starting um, 
uh, which is a bowl, which is a game here, um, which takes place this upcoming September 28th. Central State plays Alabama, Alabama A&M. But what I'm most excited about is that we're partnering with those guys, Jay Rogers Barbecue, and we've established a scholarship in honor of my grandparents, Fanny and Eddie Rogers. So we're giving out um, giving out a scholarship for someone who's attending the HBCU. So you see how this is all full circle. My mom sent me to HBCU against my will. And now we're providing uh, scholarships to some student that, you know, will be attending an HBCU. In honor of your grandparents. Yep. That's just amazing. And tell the audience a little bit about what they did. Okay. My grandparents, my, my grandfather was a sharecropper. Of course, my grandmother, she stayed home and mended the house and farms, but they had a small store and this was like amazing during that during this time because it was just unheard of and this store you know obviously it serviced the community but it had a gas it had a gas pump so and my mom always tells the stories that you know at that time she thought that you know her family was poor but again it wasn't until later on that she recognized that you know they were well off and it was it was all because of that entrepreneurship and so that has been that's been instilled in her for years and that's all I ever knew of my grandparents. My grandparents have always had a store, a little little family store. So it, it just makes sense. And um, yeah, when your mom tells the story, she talks about, she's like, it was a penny store. She said, and they saved their coins and it did yep. well. And she talks about when they passed, she went and I think it was like a potato sack and she cut it open. It was like 14 grand. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? <laughs> and, she, <laughs> and she was like, what was in this potato sack? Why was there money in this potato sack? <laughs> But yeah, she said they saved well and they just stacked their money. Yep. And those, and, you know, those things, whether you, you know, it's those stories, that's why it's so important. And, and the things that you're doing, right, this very thing that you are talking, your, your platform right now, this podcast, we need to hear stories like that. We need to continue to share those stories. And, and you have to share those stories with your family members, because those are the very things that are passed down that message, that power. So you know, here she, I, I didn't even know that she had shared that story with you. And now we're sharing it with your platform and your audience. Someone's going to hear that, you know, it's going to, it's going to, um, it's going to resonate with someone. Oh yeah. See, I'll go down there and I'll stay with Yolanda's mom when she's not there sometimes. Amen. <laughs> so I, I, I'll get all those stories and hear what's it, going it, on. See, that's the power of that. See, and you're right. You know, I, and thank you so much. And that's why I love you so much because I know you will come down here and put her in check. When I can't, oh Lord, don't like that. So that's a true sister. I can't have Mama Joe hearing that, I, and I can't wait for her to hear it. Oh no, oh no, I love her, and she loves she you back, baby. She is such a doll. But I, I do remember, and you lot of don't get mad. Remember, I, I was concerned about the neighbors being dangerous. I don't know if they were. <laughs> <laughs> I was so nervous in the house. I was just like, I don't know about this. I said, they have a Confederate flag out there. And your mother literally put two pistols in front of me. And she said, if somebody come in the house and you don't like them, shoot them and walk out the door. (laughs) (laughs) So that now let's, let's, now let's, let's put this in order. Right. So now you hear, you just told that story, my mom. So imagine me growing up in Detroit. You know, survival skills. That makes perfect sense to me. (laughs) <laughs> and it made perfect sense to you too, didn't it? Yes, I say. Yes, it did. But I was like, oh my gosh. 
I said, okay. I said, but you know what? That's the generation that they're also from. So I was just like, but okay. it didn't alarm you, did it? Nope. Not no, at all. It didn't alarm me. <laughs> it didn't. She's right. It didn't alarm me at all. That's that D, then, girl. That's that D. You so silly. <laughs> and then she was right, though. The neighbors were sweet, though. She was like, Arian, you know, they helped out during the hurricane. She said, they're really nice people. They really are. I I so, had the same concerns. Yeah. I, I have to be honest with you. And I said, well, Mom, why do you have to live here? So, But I soon learned. I remember my mom having to um, go to the hospital surgery. And her neighbors took better care of her, I have to say, than I probably more so than than some family members would they called me every day we took her this she's doing well she's fine and i i just have a sense of comfort knowing that she's here so i you know me being in pittsburgh and she being here alone i i'm okay with it yeah they are they are definitely very sweet they're definitely really sweet so we're talking about lineage we're talking about you know lessons that we've learned through the years and we're talking about different family stories what are some of, I want you to tell about just, you, I usually ask people for like a life lesson or a life principle that they actually just live by all the time. But what are some of the life lessons that your upbringing, your family background have just taught you? You know, church, you know, we all, you know, we went to church and sometimes we stray, you know, as we, as we call ourselves grown. Um, but then you soon learn and all of those things that you, that has been instilled in you 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 go back to those basic principles you you after you you know you after you have explored your liberties and your freedom you realize that you need those boundaries you need those parameters and it all goes back to church in my mind so um and having said that one thing that I, I i absolutely um haven't gone through a really bad divorce um i, I just i've learned to listen to stand still and listen and not necessarily react or you don't have to react as soon. You know what I mean? You have to, uh, it's discernment is, is, and, and it becomes even more, um, I'm more in tune as I grow older to standing still and letting God do his work. So that's the one thing I would like to, um, kind of share, share that with your audience. And, and then the other thing is sometimes that, you know, you oftentimes wonder, like, why am I still here and why am I still in this place? And I truly believe that God has you in a place for a while until you get the lesson. And that is when he allows you to progress and move on. So try to seek and find a lesson in whatever circumstances you are at that current time. That is good. That is good about listening and standing still and discernment. And just learning your lesson on your why are you in whatever position that you're in and purpose. This this is all good stuff, Yolanda. Well, thank you. This is great stuff. This is great. I, stuff. I'm so excited well, that you uh, you asked me to be a part of this. I was thinking to myself, that Arian Simone, that Arian Simone, she <laughs> what is she doing now? Like you, like you have no idea that I, you know, and, and this is one one more thing that I have to share. You, I'm you're my little sister. You're my baby sister. But I want you to know how much I look up to you. And that's why I believe that it's so Aww. important for people. I, I, don't, I think this mentoring thing can go both ways. It does not necessarily mean that your mentor, your mentee, the mentee has to be younger. And, you know, we both, we all get things from each other, regardless of the age. And I, I'm, you're just so inspiring and 
motivating and, and encouraging. So I just want you to know how much I appreciate you. Oh, thank you. You guys have been a blessing to me as well. You, the boys, and Mama John. Yep. <laughs> all, everybody. Because I, when I got you, I got all yep, of it. Yep, you sure did. So. <laughs> <laughs> you got all of it. The package deal, everything. Most definitely. So it's definitely mutual. It's definitely mutual. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your words of wisdom about life. And it's truly just touched my heart. And I know it's touched theirs as well, too. We get thousands and thousands of downloads. So many people are about to hear this. Well, thank you so much. And I just want you to know, again, I love you. I love you, too. Talk to you soon. Thanks for tuning in to the Fearless Podcast with Arian Simone. Subscribe to the podcast and leave a five-star review.